Okay, people, another episode of Just for Sport. Hopefully you enjoyed the weekend as I did. A good sports weekend. Watching a lot of Olympics. I enjoyed the draft on Thursday. That was fun. The NBA draft, that is. And I got some great stories. Great topics that I want to talk about. A lot of it centered around the Olympics. And I want to start, uh, let's see, we're going to talk NBA draft. There's no doubt about that. We'll talk about the NBA draft. We'll talk about the negative effects. The first one that I feel like I have seen from the the ability of amateur athletes to benefit from what is now called NIL, name image likeness. And this story that I read is not something I'm happy about. And I imagine when you hear me talk about it, if you haven't heard about it already, you may be like, huh, I didn't think of that. Okay, that that's probably not a good thing. I'm sure Eagles fans are flying high with the news that Carson Wentz is hurt again. He goes to the Indianapolis Colts, and now he's out 5 to 12 weeks with a foot injury. I hope they're not really happy. Like, no one wants to see somebody get injured. But it was time for them to move on from Carson Wentz. And, I mean, I used to say go back from whence you came. But, obviously, you don't want to go back to the Eagles, and the Eagles don't want you back. So, I can't say that the same way. But it's different. It's just different. Major League Baseball, goodbye, Max Scherzer. Goodbye, Trey Turner. I'll talk about my sadness with that as well. But I'm going to start with the Olympics. There's been some really cool stories that I pulled out that, for me, I was like, oh, that's, that's, that's really cool. And the first one is in the men's high jump where in a rare tie in the high jump, there was supposed to be a jump off and Gianmarco Tamberi of Italy and Mutaz Essa Barshim of Qatar or Qatar, excuse me. They were going to do a jump off for the gold medal. And they decided, and it's you can do this in the rule book, they decided to share the gold medal. And if you could see the joy on their faces, I said, now that is cool. Yeah, they could have done a jump off. Oh, no, no, I want it, I want it, I want it. They decided that it was best to share the gold medal. And not only is that cool because they are both sharing the medal, which means they both get a gold, which I did find out was only like 5 or 10% gold. Like, come on, make it gold. The silver, silver, I think it's like 
95, 99% silver, make the gold a gold medal. Are you concerned people are going to get lose it or sell it or I, I hate the thought of somebody getting robbed, then have a fake one for the ceremony and mail it back to them. Something. I mean, technically, to me, the one they're wearing now is kind of fake because it's not gold. But anyway. For Tamberi and Barshim, Barshim of Qatar and of Italy, to say they're going to share the gold medal, I thought was a really cool story. And add to that the fact that now you're also giving a fourth person, I imagine, I hope, aren't you giving the fourth a fourth person a bronze medal? I think that's what it is, right? So now four players are getting medals. Italy. Did you ever think that someone from Italy would be the fastest man? Jesse Owens, Carl Lewis, Usain Bolt. And now you add Marcel Jacobs. Now, technically, he was Texas-born, but he moved to Italy at a very, very young age. 9.8 seconds as I watched last night him win the 100-meter gold medal. That's pretty cool. And he beat out American Fred Curley, who's really a 400-meter runner, and people thought he was crazy to now go to the 100 meters, and he takes silver. So that was really cool to see. Usain Bolt is still the best. Even his commercials are good. I don't even know what that is. Is that I feel like all the cool commercials I'm going to say is Geico, and I don't know if it's fair, but he's doing his point, but he's pointing at a coffee house and they're saying go to the coffee house and it's they're like why they're like because Usain Bolt said so and he's like pointing at the sign in his usual pose after he would win the gold medal and the way that this these two stories tie is the fastest man is Italian and as I mentioned this story about the Italian high jumper and the cutter high jumper uh, embracing and sharing the gold medal. It was that high jumper Gianmarco Tamberi who hugged the uh, the fastest man in the world, Marcel Jacobs, when he won the gold medal. I mean, just to think, if you had a chance, oh, we can tie. They huddle with the officials. They say, yeah, we can give out two gold medals. All right, great. So, some great things on the track. And I remember actually being on the track, the Olympics in Seoul, Korea, getting to watch some of the track and field competitions. It was amazing. I want to say I made the cover of the Seoul, South Korea's top newspaper I still have it somewhere in a box but I'm not quite sure if that was me half of it was a blur 
to think that I remember sitting behind Brian Gumble. I remember that. Apparently, I was at the match with Roy Jones Jr. loss. Not apparently. I know I was at the match, but I didn't know really what was going on. And obviously, putting two and two together, sorry, too young to really understand everything, that Roy Jones Jr. would become to be the Roy Jones Jr. that I saw at the Olympics. I remember watching Steffi Graf get the Golden Slam and carrying her water bottle that she left on the practice court with me for years. I took it back to America and I saved that thing. We've left the water in it and I just keep the water bottle up on a bookshelf. I don't know why. I eventually just dumped the water out and threw it away. Wish I hadn't. The one thing I really messed up on and I'm bummed out about is I had gotten a limited edition Nike basketball with the Olympic symbols on it. And I got a lot of cool stuff there. But I played with it. And I don't know. I probably left it on the court or some kid was playing with it. And, you know, just wasn't thinking about it. Just didn't think of what I had in that basketball. I wish I could contact Nike to see if they can give me a new one. But I digress. I, I know I got off track. I got off track just a little bit. But I, I, you know, I really enjoy watching the Olympics. And I hope you do too. But last night was the first night in a long time that I actually wasn't just watching the Olympics. And I mean a long time as in like two weeks ago since it started. I was watching the U.S. men's national team win the CONCACAF Gold Cup final over Mexico. They won 1-0 on Miles Robinson's game winner in the 117th minute. A beautiful header. It was fun to watch. Not only this is the second match in two months that U.S. beat Mexico. They also beat Mexico in the CONCACAF. It's the first season of the CONCACAF Nations League final. That's what I'm saying. Soccer has all of these weird tournaments and you play in this and you play in this tournament and that tournament. Then you're in this league and then you go play for the national team. It's just kind of confusing. It really is. But the question I have for you is, and I don't, to me, I don't think this is very controversial. I don't what I'm about to bring up. Are the U.S. women's national team and the U.S. men's national team headed in opposite directions? The U.S. women's national team lost to Canada the first time in 20 years. Megan Rapinoe, Carly Lloyd, this may be the end of their careers as two of the most recognized players on the women's national team. This could be it. They very well could be done. They very well could be done. As two players, I mean, excuse me. But... As a team, I'm not going to say that they're done, but I do think that the men and women are headed in opposite directions. And it's all about age. 
not skill, age. The women's team, they're getting older. And I don't know enough about the women's national team. So if someone would say, oh, be quiet. You don't know what you're talking about. I'm going off of the two teams that I saw on the field. Now, the men's team, which consists of 24 players, have played in, have had 300 in 56 appearances combined. Now, if you divide that by 24, that's only 16 appearances per player on the national scale. Only two of those 24 players have over 60 appearances. One player has no appearances. They're just riding the bench. That's Henry Kessler. Carly Lloyd alone has 310 appearances. That's 46 less than the entire men's national team. The women's national team has over 2,000 appearances. You round it up with a roster of 22 players That's 100 appearances per player. They only have three players with less than 10 appearances and 10 players on the team with over 100 appearances. The women's national team didn't medal in the 2016 Olympics. They'll get the gold. They won't get the gold this Olympics. So I watched the men play last night. And that's where I am curious what your thoughts are. Am I off base? You know, yeah, this is something that I'll comment I'm making now. Will technically not be something that you can understand if I am correct or not. It's going to take 4, 10, 15, 20 years to know that if you think about the women's national team and the run that they've been on. It's going to take some time to let me know if I'm right. But in 2016, the women's team lost to Sweden in the quarterfinal. They did a little bit better this year. They will they are competing for a bronze medal. So they still can medal and they're ranked number 1 in FIFA. 12 wins, one loss, three draws. And the men are now shifting their focus to the 2022 FIFA World Cup. They start qualifying next month. They're trying to get to Qatar on September 2nd. They're at El Salvador. Then they play Canada in Nashville. And then Honduras on September 8th is their schedule. The average age for the starting 11 was 24 years and 236 days for the men's national team. 
It's the second youngest lineup in a tournament final. The youngest was in the inaugural CONCACAF Nations League, which was on June 6th. This is a young team. They are 26-6-3 in 35 matches under the new uh, manager in Greg Baralter. And 11-1-0 in the Gold Cup. So this is going to be interesting. As you think about where the men's team and the women's team are going from here. Could there potentially be a changing of the guard, if you will? Maybe. It could be off. You're probably going to tell me, ah, you don't know what you're talking about. But I feel like I gave you some facts that you can't really go against. The women's national team is on the older side with the players. In the men's team, they're young. And maybe they are on their way up. You recall some time ago, the women were fighting to get equal pay as the men. I'm all for that. But uh, we'll see. It remains to be seen. Bottom line, the men's team, they are not in the Olympics. The women's team, they are in the Olympics, and they have a chance to win a bronze medal. And we'll see if they do. We will see if they do. All right. Simone Biles. I'm happy that Simone Biles is coming back to compete in the balance beam final in the Olympic Games. It's going to be great. And I know that, you know, there was a lot of controversy about her bowing out for the having the twisties, quote unquote. Since the team finals last week, when she withdrew from the competition after the first event, the vault, and hasn't competed since. And it really sparked a lot of controversy and interesting conversations about mental illness, when a player can take a break, if, as Simone Biles says, quote, my mind and body are simply not in sync, end quote. Well, it's really a tweet from her Instagram. And there is, there is a part of me that's like, well, are you letting your team down, Simone? But you also got to think, no, she's actually allowing others to participate in the Olympics as well. She's the best, arguably the best ever, most decorated gymnast of all time. That's what she will go down as. She won bronze on the beam in Rio in 2016. And she's a three-time world champion in the event. 
The good thing is that it's not like she left Japan and she's been rooting on her teammates. And so that's been cool. In the end, I do think like it's okay for her to say, hey, I'm I'm not I don't know what the twisties are like. You know what the twisties are like? Who knows? But I know that by her not competing, she allowed for someone else to get some shine, and that was Suni Lee. And it was good to see her win gold. And we'll see what happens on the on the balance beam. Everybody's going to be watching. Everybody's going to be watching to see if she still has the twisties or not. So if she falls, you're watching to see what's going to happen. If she gets gold, you're watching to see what's going to happen. Either way, it will be the most watched balance beam final at the Olympic Games of all time, in my opinion. The ratings are going to be through the roof. Everybody's going to want to see Simone Biles. That's what it's going to be. And I'm going to be watching too. I really enjoy it. As I've said several times, I am really enjoying these Olympics. And I know in the beginning, yes, I was like, I don't know what they should be playing. But I'm good with them playing now. I'm good with it. Speaking of good, am I good with the NBA draft? I was thrown off by when it when the NBA draft was actually happening. But I was excited about it. Number one draft pick, Kay Cunningham, going to the Pistons. I expected that. Detroit, I have to hand it to you. Whoever works in the marketing department for the Detroit Pistons, I love that that what I think is going to be a signature tagline for Cade Cunningham is motorcade. Pistons, motors. I mean, you can't go wrong. Cade Cunningham, motorcade. That was that was brilliant. Brilliant. But I'm curious, as, every, as a lot of people talked about, if this draft is going to go down as one of the best drafts of all time. Jalen Green went number two to the Rockets. Some are saying he actually may be the best player in this draft. Three players from Montverde going all the way down to high school went in the first round of the NBA draft. Dayron Sharp went 29th to the Suns. It was trade. He was traded to the Nets. Not a bad team to be on. And Scotty Barnes is on the Raptors. I thought it was a pretty cool draft. Washington Wizards got a sharpshooter in Corey Kispert. And they traded for one Isaiah Todd out of Baltimore. So that'll be a good story for the Wizards. Isaiah Todd has a very interesting story, which I'm sure the media is already on right now. But it was a good draft. 
Luca Garza, DMV's own Luca Garza, also went to the Pistons. Now you got a meditator who's going to work with Cade Cunningham. That was a good pickup. It was a really good pickup. And of course, I do like the Troy Weaver as the Pistons general manager. Another guy out of the DMV. I'm happy for him as well. One of the good things that I thought that the league did as well, which was really sad, um, the NBA honored Terrence Clark. He was a prospect in the NBA, going to be in the NBA draft, uh, the University of Kentucky. He died in a car accident while preparing for the draft, and he was ceremonially drafted into the league. And I thought that was a very nice touch. It's sad when players leave or anyone leaves this earth early. You know, I know as parents, you're like, you don't want your kids to pass away before you. And it is really sad. It's really sad. But I like what they did in ceremonially drafting Terrence Clark. One thing that I don't like, I didn't even know how to, I could, how to segue from that. Maybe I should have saved that for the last story. Jalen Suggs, another guard going to Orlando. How many point guards do you need? I don't understand what's going on, but I want my guy Markel Fultz to get his shot. Maybe they've figured out a plan down there, but they've got three point guards on the Orlando Magic roster. Uh, at least one too many. I mean, maybe in your mind, you were thinking that, well, who knows what's going to happen with Markel Fultz? Well, I can think of a team that needs a point guard. You got Cole Anthony, Markel Fultz, and now Jalen Suggs. Maybe you could trade Markel Fultz to Washington. He can come back home. DMV zone. Graduate from DeMatha. Heck, we'll take Jonathan Isaac too. Okay, okay. I know that we're not going to do that. But that'll be interesting. I don't get the G League. What I don't like about the G League. Jalen Green, number seven overall pick. Jonathan Kaminga to the Golden State Warriors. Jalen Green went two. Isaiah Todd was the other. Texas and Florida State, by the way, had the most players selected in the 2021 NBA draft. But I thought the G League would be better served as the minor league for your NBA team. That's what that's how I take it. The Capital City Go-Go. The Capital City Go-Go are the G League team for the Washington Wizards. 
You got your two-way players that can go up and down the roster. That's the way I see it. And I think it should stay that way. It To me, it just seems bizarre that you could kind of have a team and it's not really your team. And I understand the G League Ignite isn't associated with a team. But aren't you kind of circumventing the one and done if if certain NBA teams have G League teams like the Windy City Bulls, Santa Cruz Warriors, Raptors 905, South Bay Lakers, Westchester Knicks, et cetera, et cetera. One of my favorite team names is actually the Milwaukee Bucks, the Wisconsin Herd. I don't know. I like that. I like it. But I just, I don't know. I can't wrap my my head around this G League Ignite. And I understood all along going into the draft that they're like a amalgamation of the, some top players that didn't want to go to college. But it's like NBA, get get make up your mind. You want to try to make players go to college for four years or three years? Okay, then just do that. You didn't allow them to one and done. You're like, oh, okay, now it's one and done. Okay, oh, wait, wait, wait. No, no, no. Now you don't have to go to college if you don't want to. You can go and join this G League Ignite team and become a professional player immediately, but you don't get to play, like, you don't get to play in the NBA. It's it's just too confusing. It's ridiculous. It's just ridiculous. And the ridiculousness is only just beginning. With this next story. It's much better transition to this next story. But I did want to talk about some trades. You know, Russell Westbrook, one year in Washington. Washington got their hype off of him. Passed, getting the the all-time record for triple doubles. Passing Oscar Robertson. Landry Shamit goes to the Suns. Ricky Rubio leaving the Timberwolves again. I mean, it's okay. There are a lot of players that are opting out of contracts. Big time players. Chris Paul's hoping to sign a new deal. Obviously, Russell Westbrook, I'm sure he's going to want to get some a new deal from the Lakers. Maybe, maybe not. Kawhi Leonard opted out of his deal with the Clippers, but they expect him to resign. But the craziness for me is this story out of high school. Because of, as I mentioned, what will be an issue that I don't necessarily, come on, none of us were thinking about this. And now we're like, wait, what, 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 what is going on? A high school football player, Quinn Ewers, sorry if I'm I'm butchering his name. He is skipping his senior year of high school to enroll early at Ohio State. Is this the next thing? It's not because he's taking all AP courses, so he's graduating early. No. 
It's because of the NCAA passing legislation that will allow athletes to make money off of their name, hence NIL image likeness. This high schooler, 18 years old, is expected to make a million dollars next year from endorsements. And he can't do that if he's playing high school football. Of course, he's a Texas football player. I mean, come on. What? I don't know if there's a state that could compete with Texas for the number of quality football players out of that state that go on to have great college careers and NFL careers. But that's why he's leaving. His plan was to have his senior season at South Lake Carroll High School outside of Dallas. Ugh, Dallas. And now he's going to Ohio State. He's going to finish up his high school requirements early so he can make it to Ohio State for training camp at some point. Who knows? That's going to be August, September. What does this mean for the future of the NIL, name, image, and likeness? Are you going to have players that aren't even going to get to go to high school? Because I imagine the high schools are about to try to enforce laws across the United States that will say, no, 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 no. We can't have high schoolers making money and we can't have players bypassing now high school. The point of why you're supposed to spend three to four years in college was because you weren't big enough, strong enough, maybe even mature enough to become an NFL player. And my thing is if now we're going to talk about, oh, high schoolers can make money off of name, image, likeness? Who knows? But Quinn has got deals from Holy Kombucha and memorabilia deals lined up. National companies all clamoring to try to sign him up now. And luckily for him, he gets to go to a school that basically they don't have a quarterback under center that is considered the starter for this upcoming season. It's wide open as a quarterback competition, according to multiple reports. Jack Miller, C.J. Stroud, and Kyle McCord. None of them have attempted a college pass. So Quinn can come right in and be like, okay, I got this, guys. Let me go on ahead and take this over for the next three years. And then you'll see in the transfer portal one or two of these three other quarterbacks if they are not the starter going into the season. And that's what makes college football tough. 
I'm sure for the parents of Jack Miller, C.J. Stroud, and Kyle McCord, they were like, yeah, my kid's going to Ohio State. He's going to be the starting quarterback. Then it's like, no, he's not. We got three quarterbacks, and now we're getting the fourth one. So I'm sure these quarterbacks are already thinking about, okay, what school am I going to go to next? It's going to give me a shot to play. It's crazy. This NIL is just opening up Pandora's box. And it might not be for the best. As much as I'm for players earning money, the team's earning money, the players deserve to earn money too. I think that quickly the NFL, somewhat the NBA, Major League Baseball kind of has a system already, but it EPL does it the best to me, the English Premier League. You got young talent, put them in your farm system as a kid and just ride it out and hopefully they become professionals. That's what you got to do here. Put them in a private school where NIL doesn't matter. And that's where I think all U.S. major sports needs to go. Because this is just going to be a monkey wrench of one player's going to high school, the other one's deciding not to go to high school, and then all of a sudden there's going to be these new high school leagues popping up for players that couldn't go and play for their district. I mean, it's just going to be craziness. And obviously in college, it's going to be crazy too. Pittsburgh Steelers could just have a a farm system down to like eight-year-olds. I mean, heck, Trent Williams, they knew he was going to be a star from like second or third grade. That's where I think they should go. Staying with football, a player that the Philadelphia Eagles fans were all too happy to see go, Carson Wentz who's now a quarterback with the Indianapolis Colts. Carson Wentz is now out 5 to 12 weeks. It's not a good look. Now maybe he could be back by the start of regular season or in October. But then when you read that like, Wentz apparently has an old foot injury dating back to perhaps high school. And the Colts traded the 2021 third round pick and a conditional second round pick in 2022. I mean, the only good thing is that that pick could have become a first rounder if Wentz played 75% of the Colts snaps. If I'm the Colts, I let them sit for a long time. Don't let that pick become a first rounder. Let it stay as a second round pick. Bring them back in like week seven or eight. But in order for the Colts to do that, they're probably going to have to trade for somebody. You know what would be great? Trade for Nick Foles again. Put Nick Foles on the roster with Wentz again. Maybe that'll bring him some good luck. Why not? He played for the Colts head coach Frank Reich 
in Philly anyway. Why not try to bring him back? I know Wentz would hate that. But, you know, sometimes that's how it goes. It's a business. It is a business. All right, lastly. Yeah, we could talk about all of the trades. But there's only one trade that matters to me. And that's Max Scherzer. He, we knew he was going to be traded. But when the ticker said, and Trey Turner, and to the Dodgers... It was just kind of like, wait, what? But it was a beautiful trade. To me, not so much for the Nets. As much as the Dodgers, you know, they're playing in the, what is now becoming the most competitive division in baseball. The tightest race It's probably still the NL East. Six and a half games separate Washington, Atlanta, Philly, and the Mets. But if you look at teams that are dominating, the only division with three teams with 60-plus wins, is in the NL West. And that's San Francisco, the Dodgers, and the Padres. And so the Dodgers made a brilliant trade to get two of the best players in the game. A great young player in Trey Turner and a stud of a Hall of Fame pitcher in Mad Max. I mean, I'm just amazed. If you look at their 40-man roster, if they don't win the World Series again, they're a bust. They're a bust. Trey Turner, Justin Turner, Corey Seager, Albert Pujols is on their roster. Max Muncy. I know I threw an Albert Pujols, but you know, he once was amazing. Their outfield. Cody Bellinger, Mookie Betts. AJ Pollock, Chris Taylor. The pitching staff is just ridiculous. I ain't forgot about David Price. Man. Clayton Kershaw. You're adding Max Scherzer to an already ridiculous lineup. It's already ridiculous. And my, I, I always liked him as a nap. Always liked Blake Trinan. And I always would say, Whenever he would give up a lead in a game, a relief pitcher, not a starter. 
If at first you don't succeed, try and try and again. But this roster's sick. Walker Bueller, Kenley Jansen. I mean, gosh. Julio Urias. Like I'm saying his name wrong. Garrett Clevenger. It's just great. They're going to be dominant, and they have to win it. It's, I mean, you know, it took them a long time to get back and win it. Now they want to win back-to-back. Now, I didn't look this up. It's just a thought I just had. I hope that the owner re-signed all of the employees that he let go after they won the World Series because it was a pandemic and they lost money. But I hope he hired several, if not all of those employees back because I look at this trade and you think of the financial implications of who's on that roster. Man, you must not be losing too much money if you can sign them, winning at all costs. But I know the employees want to win too. So hopefully he brought them back on. Alright, that'll do it for Just for Sport. Hope to be back on Thursday with some big, big news. But for now, you all enjoy your sports. And ciao.